welcome back to the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn and I am the host of this and I'm sitting here with my co-host and also my best friend, my partner in crime, my dance partner, everything, Travis. Yeah, and let's hope we don't end up in the back seat of a squad car right. or a police car. That wouldn't be good, but you bet. We're partners in crime and we're doing this thing called life together. I'm loving it. And I'm extra excited today. I don't know why, but just to be sitting here with you, Don, but especially to be able to connect with all of you out there that are listening. Right. Well, today's episode, we're going to just go ahead and jump right in. It actually comes from something that just happened to us this last week um, that we were just going through in our own marriage. So we're going to be a little bit vulnerable, but it has to do with communication. A few days ago, I was making supper and we were in the kitchen. I was frying something in the frying pan. And I began to tell you about my day and a story. And all of a sudden I remembered, oh, I needed to tell you something really important. So I opened up my mouth and I began to tell you. And before I could finish what I was saying. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's exactly that's what, what happened. That's what happened. Before I finished what I was saying, you tried to guess what I was going to say. And I looked at you and I first I began to laugh because it was completely <laughs> opposite of what I was going to tell you. I'm like, where did he even get this from? But then... I lost my train of thought because I was laughing. And then so I got irritated because at that point, I all I knew was that what I was supposed to tell you was important. And, and it was gone. Yeah, and I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was. So we had this conversation. I'm like, why do you always do this? Why do you guess? So it's kind of funny, kind of irritating, but it's something that, you know, that is a part of our communication that we have to work through because there's times you, you'd like to guess what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I am, you know, absolutely at fault. That is one of my issues. I, I can be a really, really good listener, but I do. If I don't work at listening, I kind of lean towards jumping in. You do, and, yeah. In my mind, especially, and guessing what the person's going to say next. And sometimes it just comes flying out of my mouth and that pollutes our communication and maybe is an irritant and causes things to kind of go sideways for a little bit. Yeah. After 30 years, you would think that we would have communication 100% down. Like but, perfect. Yes. But we are still <laughs> students of this thing called communication. We are. But nicest thing is we're willing to learn yeah, and, and try to get better. And I think we're in a groove in some areas of our communication and our relationship, but in other areas, uh, not so much. Yeah. Or, you know, we hit a brick wall and we're like, oh, shoot, we got to get that right. That's right. We can't be communicating that way. Nope. And so we restart yep. and we retry and try to go the right direction. Well, there's definitely a few ways that we don't communicate very well, such as you guessing, you know, the end of my story or what I'm trying to say. But there's also times when I feel like you're not understanding what I'm trying to say. So instead of getting clearer with my words or you know changing my verbiage, <laughs> or using more words, yes, I just get louder. Like I right. raise my voice, but not in the yelling. But I'm I'm trying to get you to understand me. So I'm like, I'll oh, just talk louder, right? Which doesn't help anything. No, <laughs> probably no. frustrates like, you. Travis, yes. And I'm like, no, I just need to actually become more clear with my words because you truly just can't understand what I'm saying. And I think sometimes I'm smiling at you, going, yeah. "Why is she getting louder?" <laughs> And really, it's it's uh, I'm very verbal, and you can be verbal, yeah. but you tend to be less on words and yeah. less on details. And I overkill on details, right. which is not great, and I'm sure drives you crazy. <laughs> I know another thing that we do to each other, but I feel like you do this a little bit more. Oh, I'm the worst to at me this. Yeah, than this is sometimes we'll be talking, or if we're in even a little bit of conflict or something, a disagreement, not even a very big one, you'll give me a facial expression. You'll be calm as can be, but your face, facial expression is like yelling at me. Like, I'm like, stop yelling at me. Even though you're not yelling at me, it's just that you have this facial expression. And I'm like, your nonverbal communication, I feel like is screaming at me, but really it's not. 
because you're just expressing yourself. Yeah, but. and I think that might be where that uh, phrase looks that kill or something oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. comes from. But um, so I'm not trying to do that. And the problem is, is like my whatever I'm thinking is coming out of my face yeah. and, and I have to stop that and be like, no, 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 no. Just let your face be normal and then talk it out, yeah. think it out. But you're right. I can be really bad at that. And that's an area I need to grow in. I always laugh. I'm like, I may raise my voice, but you don't really ever raise your voice yeah, very often. Pretty calm. But you use your facial expressions and you raise your voice. So Yeah, not so good. Not no. so good for sure. Again, these are not so good ways that we communicate. So we're not saying, hey, you should do these things. We're saying, don't do these things. These are habits that we're trying to yeah. break. Yeah. And we're just trying to be honest. Yep. Um, there are things in our marriage and our relationship that we need to work on in the area of communication. And those are some weak spots right. for sure. We all know you can't have a good marriage or a great marriage, especially without good communication. And that's the point of this episode. So in order to be able to really dig in, we need to answer the question, what is communication? Let's go back to the foundational building blocks of communication. And I'm going to quote uh, Anne Wilkham from Drexel University. And she gives us several things that define communication. Here's what she says, verbal communication. Here's what it is. She says, verbal communication occurs when we engage in speaking with others. It can be face-to-face, over the phone, via Zoom. Uh, Some verbal engagements are informal, such as chatting with a friend over coffee or in the office or, you know, in a kitchen, while others are more formal, such as a scheduled meeting or maybe even an interview with a potential uh, boss or job. Regardless of the type, she writes, it is not just about the words, it's also about the caliber and complexity of those words, how we string those words together to create an overarching message, as well as, I like that she wrote this, inundation, which means, of course, pitch, tone, cadence used while speaking. And when occurring face-to-face, while the words are important, they cannot be separated from nonverbal communication. I love what she wrote. And as, you know, elementary and kind of going back to the building blocks of what communication as that all that she wrote about written communication is, I I suddenly realized reading that I'm not a fan of phone calls. Like, (laughs) No, you're not. Verbal, verbal, verbal. I like phone calls. You do. I prefer them, actually. So you guys feel free to call me like I prefer them. <laughs> but I finally found out why, because there's no nonverbal communication in a phone call. Oh, true. Because right here, there's smile, nonverbal, yeah. right. But, you know, when I'm talking to somebody over the phone, I feel like it's, you know, half of the communication is cut off because the nonverbal isn't there. I'm more of a visual person. Beyond verbal communication, there's nonverbal communication. This is what we do while we speak that says more than the actual words. Kind of like when we're talking and I look at you and you give me a facial expression if something's good or bad, or I put on a new outfit and I walk out of the room. You don't have to tell me if you like it or not. I can tell yeah, by your face. it's on my face. That's yep. yeah. nonverbal communication. It includes facial expressions, posture, eye contact, hand movements, and touch. Peter Drucker says this. He says, the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. Which is nonverbal. Yes, that's nonverbal communication. And it's a huge piece of communication. Then we have written communication. Whether it's an email, a memo, a report, a Facebook post, a tweet, a contract, all forms of written communication have the same goal 
to disseminate information in a clear and a concise manner. I, I like written communication as well because it's definitely clear. Yeah, and I am grateful that Ann Wilcom writes this, um, but I would even throw in a love note that you write to somebody, whether it's a text or a handwritten note or card with some flowers, yeah. but that's written communication. I feel like I can really explain myself a lot through written communication, sometimes more even than verbal communication. And again, my favorite, I think, form of communication is visual communication. And why is this relevant in our world today? And I like what she writes about this. We are a visual society. I mean, think about it. TVs are running 24-7. I mean, they're streaming from every different kind of streaming platform. Facebook is visual with memes, videos, images. And Instagram, of course, is an image-only platform and advertisers use imagery to sell products and ideas. Again, think about from a personal perspective, the images that we post on social media are meant to convey meaning, to communicate a message. And in some cases, that message might be something like, hey, look at me. I'm in Italy or I just won an award. Others are carefully curated to tug on our heartstrings, injured animals and crying children. I think she's got a point. Or for us, it's like our grandkids. Right. Like we love, <laughs> we think our grandkids are just super cute. So much fun. And so we put pictures on. And we want to brag yes, about them do. and love on them. Yeah. And one day they're going to read those and it's going to be meaningful to them. The last type of communication, which is honestly probably the most important, but not talked about as much when it comes to communication, is listening. And here is what they go on to say. The active listening does not often make its way onto the list of types of communication. Active listening, however, is perhaps one of the most important types of communication because if we cannot listen to the person sitting across from us, we cannot effectively engage with them. Think about a negotiation. Part of the process is to assess what the opposition wants and needs. Without listening, it is impossible to assess that, which makes it difficult to achieve a win-win outcome. So listening is such a huge part of communication, which we often forget about, but it's so important. Yeah, there's real value. I mean, even Jesus talked about how out of the abundance or whatever the content of somebody's heart is, their mouth is going to speak. And so it requires, if you want to hear what's really in somebody's heart or really what they're after in negotiation, even in the negotiation of a marriage relationship, just listen. And again, that's an area that I'm working on. Okay, so here's the heart of what we're trying to get at in this moment because communication is so priceless. So what are we trying to communicate right now? Yeah, <laughs> like, let's to get marriage. to the point. Yeah, yeah here's <laughs> the point. Living life is a lot like being on a very long run. Couples can find themselves passing each other at the door. You know, one's leaving and heading off to work. The other one's getting home or maybe just returning back from dropping kids off somewhere. So having a chance to stop life every day and just take a breath as a couple, it's so important. We believe every marriage needs at least a 10-minute communication breath a day. It's saying we are going to slow our pace for a few moments so our marriage gets a chance to breathe. Let's be honest. Busyness can suffocate a marriage and every relationship can't go without the kind of oxygen that communication brings. It's really the lifeblood to the relationship. 
Again, we just want to encourage you that every marriage needs at least a 10-minute communication breath a day. What is that? It means stopping for 10 minutes and making sure that you're communicating. If you guys are thinking, no way, there's no way possible that I can fit 10 minutes into our day to have a marriage breath, then then you probably have to pull something out of what you're doing. Your schedule is just way too busy. Way too busy. 10 minutes, if you think about it, it isn't that long, but you need those to have a healthy marriage. There's a few places in our day that we do this daily marriage breath. We do it in the morning, on our morning run. We run and talk at the same time. We let each other know what our day looks like ahead and then just talk about life. A few other places that we take this marriage breath is before we head out the door for work or over supper or when we get into bed. And of course, we know when you have kids, you have to be more intentional with this time or more creative and squeeze it into certain places, but take those 10 minute breaths. Yeah. And that's why what we're suggesting, it isn't, uh, you know, like an hour and a half. It isn't 80 minutes or a hundred minutes. It's just 10 minutes where we're looking face to face, eyeball to eyeball. Often we're doing it over sipping coffee or shoulder to shoulder while we're running, but it's super meaningful chunks of time. And that's what we're suggesting. So what can you talk about during a quick 10 minute daily marriage breath? Well, some of the things that you could be talking about, and by the way, it shouldn't be a task. This should be something that's super fun. Yeah. Some things that you could, yeah, some things you could be talking about would be just share encouraging feedback. Like, man, you killed it yesterday. Or, oh, I love this about you. You could share concerns. Now, it might be concerns, Don, that I would share with you about my day coming up, but not concerns about how I think our marriage is unraveling, you know, and then trying to accomplish all that in 10 minutes. Like more of concerns about life or share joys and wins and maybe sharing short-term plans and hopes or like, man, we're, we're going, you know, to this place on Friday, this trip, and I can't wait for us to jump in the car and have that road trip together. Or in our case, I know you are an ideas person. You have lots of ideas many times. So just even sharing an idea, that's a perfect time to share an idea. And the biggest key or the biggest thing you can be doing in a 10-minute daily marriage breath is be a great listener listening and maybe even asking follow-up questions just to make sure that you know that you're understanding what your spouse is trying to say. And if you find yourself going longer than 10 minutes, great. Keep going. Don't stop if you have the bandwidth and keep talking. I think it's great to look into the Bible and see what it says about communication. Well, in Ephesians 4.29, it says this, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Man, the Bible gives examples of what we can do during that 10-minute breath and how we should be communicating and what we shouldn't be doing during communication. Yeah, it, it gives clear examples and Super clear. descriptive uh, you know, ideas of what that communication should even sound like. Good and helpful. I mean, that's what I want my communication to be like with you. And then encouragement. Let it be an encouragement to those who hear them. Man, that's awesome. That means yeah. the people that are in that 10-minute daily marriage breath, the husband and wife, they walk away and they're like, wow. That was awesome over that cup of coffee as we sat there eyeball to eyeball and face to face and we talked through some important things, things that were meaningful to us. So if your marriage has gotten into a rut, 
or your communication is really infrequent, or maybe you're like us and you've gotten into some bad habits that you know you need to fight, or maybe your communication as a couple lacks meaning. Well, guess what, guys? It's time to give your relationship a daily 10-minute communication breath. We want to challenge you. We want to encourage you to do that. And let this be something that you guys look forward to. It's a breath. It's a break. It's a time to really build your marriage relationship. With that, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.